Pizza City is brought to you by Pizza Master Ovens. You love the sound of dough being transformed into crust. But what about the dough in your pocket? If you make pizzas for a living, then you know a fully loaded oven affects heat recovery time and makes everything take longer. That affects your bottom line. Say hello to Pizza Master, the most powerful electric oven on the market. It has clay ceramic hearthstones crafted with a rough surface, providing superior heat transfer. That means crispy crust every time. And talk about precision, you can adjust both the top and bottom heating elements to make any style of pizza, which is what Rich Labriola was looking for at his namesake restaurant in Chicago. We had limited space in our downtown restaurant. We needed to do two distinct styles of pizza, deep dish, thin crust, and those two styles had different temperature, different settings, and we don't have a large footprint. What we looked for was an oven that could do both, and with Pizza Master you could stack three to four high, and you could have different temperature settings for each oven. Final thing was too, since I'm a bread guy, is that they do offer uh, steam injections in their decks, and so we bake bread also. Plus the ability to get up to 932 degrees combined with exceptional recovery heat allows for high capacity output during peak times. That's money in your pocket. They've got 85 different sizes, more than 1,500 models, and a million oven combinations. They've also got demo kitchens all over the country, so go take one for a test drive. Visit mpmfoodequipment.com and use the promo code PIZZACITY to get a free swag bag at your demo. That's mpmfoodequipment.com and request your test bake or demo today. So I was like, I'm going to take all the inspiration of the style of pizza, but I'm going to take all this knowledge about bread, make the the crust the most important part, and really elevate that. From the mean streets of Detroit to the bread baker's apprentice in California, and for the last 15 years or so, a thriving pizza business in Portland, Oregon, Brian Spangler has spent a lifetime perfecting his craft, which is focused mainly on the dough. We met in the hills of Montana for a mile-high approach to pizza with one of the nation's true gurus. The story of a piece of shoals straight ahead. I need a deep-dish sausage and a thin pepperoni for here. This is Pizza City, the podcast dedicated to the art, craft, and passion behind some of the world's greatest pizzas. I'm Steve Dolinsky, author of Pizza City USA and founder of Pizza City USA Tours in Chicago. And welcome, everybody. Great to have you along with us again for another edition of Pizza City. And we are off into the West this week. Uh, I was recently at a place called the Resort at Paws Up, kind of a, I wouldn't say glamping. Well, maybe it is glamping. I mean, they've got beautiful cabins out in the wilderness and um, a lot of visiting chefs and artists go there for classes and sessions. And so um, I was there talking about uh, my Stevie Squares I've talked about. It's going to be in my next book, uh, kind of a riff on a Sicilian in a pan. And then Brian Spangler was there also uh, from A Piece of Shoals in Portland, Oregon. And I, we had never met. We talked on the phone a couple times. Um, I'd never been to his place before. But he was tasked with recreating his pies in Montana for a couple of days um, for staff and for guests. And, and they were, no surprise, just beautiful, splendid, serious crumb on the outer heel, 
nice chew, a bit of that lactic acid flavor from a long ferment. And he literally MacGyvered an old Baker's Pride oven, willing it into submission. So we caught up in between gigs there, and naturally, I asked him about his first pizza memory growing up in Detroit. Can y'all guess what he's going to say? Buddies. Of course it's going to be buddies. You're wearing a Detroit Tigers hat, for God's sake. My father would take us to Tiger games, and uh, either before or after, we would swing by buddies. And so to you, is that your ideal, is that sort of your pizza cognition theory? That's your ideal pizza in your head, the Detroit style? No. Um, that was the first real memory I have. For folks who've not been to Detroit or have never had that style, how would you describe a Detroit pizza? We just called it pan pizza. We would go to Little Caesars because it was two, you know, pizza, pizza. You buy one, you get one free. How would you describe the pizza? Focaccia, a little more oil in the dough, the frico around the edge? Oh, we're talking about the buddy's style pizza? Yes, it's um, highly yeasted dough with sugar, really soft. Yeah, focaccia would be the closest. You ended up in a couple of different places before you landed in Portland, Oregon. Uh, You had a lot of experience in San Francisco. Besides bartending, you got into baking there, yeah? I got in baking uh, in Santa Cruz, California. Parents got divorced, and one went to Florida and Miami, and one went to California, Sunnyvale. I always loved cooking with my my grandma and my mom, and I fell in love with baking. First job out of high school was I landed a job as the head baker at an old 50s-style bakery called the Plaza Bakery in downtown Santa Cruz. I also loved the process, the being there at 3 o'clock in the morning and just like having the solitude. and I thought I would give it it a shot and so I went to the Rochester Institute of Technology quickly realized even though I love it doesn't mean I'm not great at it came back to the Bay Area started working at a ton of breweries bartending and also assisting assistant brewing after I got married I remember opening up the Sunday paper and there was this huge article on Chad Robertson and it was talking about his the guru behind Tartine Bakery. Correct. With Elizabeth Pruitt. Correct. And at that time, they were just doing it out of a, an old uh, pottery studio up in Point Ray Station. Very romantic, no mixer, all by hand, wood-fired oven. Went over to Berkeley, and I got... They would sell out before they even arrived, so they had a sign-up sheet. I remember s- scoring one of those breads, finally. And I was like, this is what I want to do. And how old were you when you made this decision in your life? This is when I'm 28 years old. Moved to Portland, Oregon. So that seed had been planted. My wife and I found a farm in uh, outside of Portland. Five-acre Christmas tree farm with a huge pole barn. I quit an IT job. And I was like, okay, I'm going I'm to start a barbecue restaurant. And my wife was like, no. Ken's artisan had just started up. Yep. And he was making the, the best bread in Portland. She's like, you can do better than that. Found uh, the book on Alan Scott. Uh, it's called Bread Builders. His number's in the back of the book. Call him up, and I knew that Chad Robertson had his oven built by Alan Scott, and I knew that Chad and Elizabeth both lived with Alan Scott. So I called Alan Scott, and he's like, come on down. So 
So I went and lived with Alan Scott for two months, and he got me an apprenticeship uh, at a bakery in Santa Rosa, which is no longer. It was Bennett Valley Bread and Pastry. And with all that, and I worked with Alan making some ovens, came back two months later, and I built my bakery with my own two hands. Sounds like Luke Skywalker going to work with Yoda for a couple of months. Like, you really need to go work with the master, yeah? Yeah, yeah it, was, it was an amazing experience. Spent basically the next six months, I built the oven by myself. I did all the wiring, plumbing, everything. And, uh, and was this leading to bread baking or pizza making? The pizza making came because I was out there in the, in the, in the bakery from... 8 o'clock in the morning till 2 o'clock in the morning all by myself because we didn't have a mixer, didn't have enough money. It was just a long day of making, you know, 150 to 200 loaves of bread a day by yourself. Started going into Portland looking for a good pizza. I couldn't find one. Tried, tried, tried. I was like, well, I've got this wood-fired oven. I'm a bread baker. I never made a pizza in my entire life. Like, okay, let's make Sunday. I need some social interaction. I wanted some pizza. So we started inviting all of our friends from the farmer's market and vendors. It was a standing invitation every Sunday. We'll be out there making pizza. We did that for like four years. So many different ways, you know, sauce, grated cheese, sliced cheese, which I remember seeing at L&B, Spumoni Gardens, sauce on top. Tried it every which way and got really good at it. And we started selling pizzas out of our bakery. It was supposed to be my day off. Now I'm selling like 60 pizzas out of my bakery on my day off opened up what is called the Shoals Public House. So how did you open a Pizza Shoals? Well, we got kicked out of Shoals because it's rural and there was so much traffic. We made the front cover of the paper. There was so much traffic. We couldn't handle it. And the county told us to solve the parking problem. So we found a place in uh, Portland and we found a turnkey place. I found this place on Craigslist. This was 2004. Okay, so explain the name, because looking at a Pizza Shoals, if you're from New Haven, you'd say Abitz Shoals. Really quickly, because I know you, we talked on the phone about this earlier, um, this is not a Ken Burns documentary, so just give us the <laughs> cliff's notes of the, the, the story behind the name. Couldn't call ourselves the Shoals Public House, because we're not in Shoals. We have to keep Shoals in the name, because there's an identity already. I lived in Santa Cruz, where there's a place called Peace of My Heart. It's kind of a nod to New Haven, because... I loved Pat, uh, Sally's and Pepe's. It's a play on words. We're a piece of shoals. We're going to talk specifics in the next segment, but um, just give us a sense for folks, who, again, who have not been there. I'm, you know, we're sitting here in Montana, which is where we've met. Your friend told me that uh, it's very similar to what you would be doing in Portland, which I find hard to believe because you've kind of MacGyvered the oven and the whole situation here. But it looks like a, a, a quite a long fermentation and you use quite a bit of, of uh, water, uh, but you make a, a poolish, which is kind of key as well. Correct. Pre-ferment, if you will. Yeah. And it doesn't have, you know, it could be a biga, you know, a lower hydration, pre-ferment. What was kind of like my gold standard in my mind when I started setting out for the style of pizza I wanted to make was like Patsy's East Harlem. I worked with DDA Brozada, trained with him in San Francisco, and he pretty much showed me how to do it all. You have to create a roadmap. I didn't have refrigeration. I, wa- I knew I wanted to do ambient because I have more like the lactic acid flavor rather than the acetic acid flavor. So I was like, I'm going to take all the inspiration of the style of pizza, but I'm going to take all this knowledge about bread 
make the, the crust the most important part and really elevate that. We're going to take a quick break. When we come back, we'll keep talking with Brian Spangler about his pizza at A Pizza Shoals or A Beats Shoals if you're from New Haven. Uh, we'll also uh, preview some scenes from our next show coming up in two weeks. So stay with us. Hey, Tony, what's up? Hey, Mr. Pizza Guy. I got me some of that Fontanini you told me about. Good stuff. What'd you try? First, I went to Fontanini.com slash Pizza City, just like you said, and scored a free sample. Then I tried that Italian sausage with the fennel and some meatballs, too. Reminds me of my Nana's cooking. Her Sunday gravy? Oh, boy. Yeah, those meatballs are great. I love the texture. You can crumble them up onto a pie like I did, or just eat them whole with marinara and pasta. The specialty sausage also, great with the fennel. Recipes are rooted in Luca, Italy, made famous in Chicago. They use whole muscle cuts, resulting in really great texture. They also produce in smaller batches using freshly ground spices. I think I'm going to start messing around with a meatball pie myself. Just meatballs and mozz? Who do you think I am? With giardinera, you stuna. Whether you're interested in Fontanini sliced sausage, raw bulk sausage like we use in Chicago, meatballs, shaved pepperoni, or anything from their product lineup, our listeners can get a free sample at fontanini.com slash pizza city or go to at Fontanini brand on Instagram and click the link in the bio to let them know you heard about it from Pizza City. Welcome back to the show, everybody. We're talking with Brian Spangler, the chef owner of a pizza shoals, you, you pronounce it a pizza shoals. A pizza shoals. A pizza shoals. Excuse me, a pizza shoals, because you are a well, piece of. We're sh- a piece of shoals. That story came up earlier. Okay. Um, by the way, just a uh, side note: huge alternative '80s music fan. We bonded over <laughs> everything from Tears for Fears, Echo and the Bunny Men, etc. So. Depeche Mode. Yeah, big Depeche fan. We're we're sitting here in Montana at uh, the resort at Paws Up. And we have been bonding over pizza. Brian's been doing his thing uh, every night. I made some squares during the day. Um, I was just so impressed with how you MacGyvered everything because you really, you come into a, it's sort of a field kitchen situation. You don't really, you're not familiar with the ovens and it's all different than what you're used to back in in Portland. Um, But you were talking a little bit earlier how important the crust is. Mm -hmm. I can tell that, of course, right away when I tasted your pizza last night. Um, I had a coastal margarita which uh, has the anchovies that we just you put on and then you sort of let them melt as you bake it. Um, but let's talk about the crust first of all. What can you tell us for aspiring pizza makers out there about uh, some of the keys to making this great crust? If you want to make great dough crust, um, it's about uh, extending out the fermentation. Long fermentations give you not only more flavor, but they also affect the texture. Is there a law of diminishing return? Is two to three days enough? It depends on the process. Like John Arena will mix and then instantly ball and throw it into a walk-in. And for folks who don't know, John Arena has uh, Metro Pizza in Las Vegas. Correct. But he lets it sit in there for five days. So he, and the, I do it ambient with the with pre-ferment. He does not use pre-ferment. But I do it ambient without refrigeration in a 24-hour window. We're both achieve, achieving the same thing, just a different roadmap. And then are you particular with your flour? Uh, yes. yes. There's, there's, a, there's a lot of crap flour out there. Early in my baking career, I was uh, hooked onto Justo's out of uh, California. Part of the Justo family broke off and created uh, Central Milling. They didn't create Central Milling. They bought Central Milling. But you like Central Milling? Because they're bakers. 
former baker yourself, as a current baker, I should say, but somebody who got trained in baking from the gurus, do you care if you're using, does it matter if it's all natural starter, commercial yeast is okay? Oh, absolutely. Um, you know, it depends on what you want. Natural leaven's more complicated, but it depends on what, what flavor profile are we going for. What is it you want? Okay, what about toppings? Let's start with the sauce. Are you a particular fan of a particular type of tomato? I, well, I, I use ground tomatoes, and I'm a fan of both what Stanislaus manufactures as well as DiNapoli. A lot of people buy plum tomatoes and, and, and you know, throw them through a ricer. That's more for like a Neapolitan pie. How about cheese? The G word? Grande. <clears throat> All day. Um, slices? Slice. I like slice. I like sauce on top. And it's weird to see like slice on, uh, sauce on top becoming really, really popular now. I mean, they call those upside downs in New York, right? right. We call them deep dishes in Chicago. It's the same right. principle. Um, I, I like that because the cheese protects the dough from getting gummy. Correct. It also adheres the toppings to, they don't slide, nothing slides off the slice. It also allows the sauce, because I don't pre-cook my sauce, allows the sauce to get that flash cook that's on top. So it's got multiple multiple reasons why I like, you know, slice with uh, sauce on top. Even Juliana's, a coal-fired oven beneath the Brooklyn Bridge, which was started by Patsy Grimaldi, right. they are using the same sort of cheese first. Yep. Well, you mentioned Izo to me earlier, so obviously that's your pepperoni. But what about uh, things from the region, from Portland? There are certain things that uh, we use. Not a ton, because we're more of a classic... I'm not Sarah Minnick at Lovely 5050, who I adore and everybody should check out. She's more of that farm uh, to table. I'm more of the classic style, so there's not a whole lot that is grown in Portland that goes on my pizza. I mean, if there is something, like maybe some, there's some mushrooms that we, that we get there local. I make my own sausage, which we get from a local, I get the pork from a local company called Carlton Farms. You put it on raw bulk sausage? Nope. We we do a we do a par cook, so it's basically medium rare, so it's easier for production. It also ensures uh, gets crispier. We also buy their pork loins and we make our own uh, Canadian bacon. We cure that for eight days. Uh, we also get their belly bacon and we cure that for eight days. And sm- we have a huge commercial smoker out back in Old Hickory, um, so we make about 200 pounds of bacon combination of Canadian and uh, and belly bacon per month. What about your oven? I, th- I think you're a fan of Pizza Master? Yes. Um, I was the early adopter on electric. We started Scholl's Public House. I was, they had just come out with a full-size deck electric oven, Baker's Pride. Ran through two of those units and then had discovered they were poorly engineered. And I found out through Jeffrey Verasano about this new company from Sweden called Pizza Master. And I've been using that for five years now. You mentioned Lovely's 50-50 in the last segment. Anybody else you'd recommend in Portland for a pretty good pizza? Yeah, um, Scott Rivera owns a place called Scotty's Pizza Parlor. It's more of a, it's a very tiny place, so it's a slice shop, pies to go. Um, one of my uh, former employees, Chardelle Dews, opened up a place called Red Sauce Pizza. She's doing a great job. And there's a new guy on, on the street. Oh, Chicago boy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Jerry's uh, about to open up uh, doing Chicago tavern style, you know, sausage, pinch sausage with the jardinara, you know. And 
I've been uh, I've been lucky enough. A lot of people. He's got a year long wait list for his pizza because he does it at. He's been doing it out of his home, and he's learning as he goes. But since I've been helping him, I've been lucky enough to eat quite a few of these pizzas already. And I think he's, it's going to be the next big thing in Portland, uh, and he's doing a great job. Yeah, it's exciting to follow him on Instagram. Um, so there isn't really a, is there a Portland pizza scene or style? I mean, you can't really define it by one or two styles. It seems like it's all over the, over the map. It's, it, there is no Portland style. Okay. It's everybody's doing their own whim, right? There's one pizzeria called Ranch, which I guess it's influenced by Detroit, but it's also influenced by Chicago. I'll just call it pan pizza. But their 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 shtick is that everything gets served with a side of ranch. Okay, final question. We ask all our guests on the show, uh, knowing what you know now, which is maybe two lifetimes of pizza experience. What would you have told yourself pre two thousand four two thousand five about before you got into this sort of as a full time endeavor about how to be successful making pizzas? Nothing. I think everything that I've done, the way I've done it, has really led to my success. Having without is really, you saw me MacGyvering, right? That become, that's, that's from the experience of building my own oven, having to hack my own wood, start it up with you know, matches, no mixer. That whole experience of not having anything makes you, you have to fix things and you learn a lot more. Like a lot of people now just turn on an oven and have like a $20,000 mixer and all this stuff you're not they're missing out on all the macgyvering as we were described like rocky going into the forest to work out uh with uh mick or with like luke going into the the forest get the chicken right right right, exactly (laughs) old school right yeah yeah but if if, where i am now i wouldn't have in that rinky dink kitchen over there i wouldn't have been able to do what i'm doing without having all that experience of not having anything i was solely relying upon myself for solving all the problems learn so much more really was so impressive not just saying this because we're friends now but it really was impressive pizza is delicious i cannot wait to get to portland uh to see you in your element uh the restaurant again is called a piece of shoals we can find you on instagram i think at at a piece of shoals right and then you are at sf spanky correct Fantastic. We'll call you Spanky. SF is uh, like SF is in San Francisco, and then Spanky is my nickname that's been with me since I was five years old. Go Tigers. Brian Spangler, thanks so much. Thank you, my friend. Coming up in two weeks, we move literally across the country to that other Portland, Maine, where you have to fly into in order to then drive two plus hours or so north to the middle of nowhere. Kind of trying to answer the question of what are we going for is, is sort of like the, how do we put the vegetables that are coming from Four Seasons Farm on a pie in the best way possible and make it good like for this week. I'll chat with Tim Semler and Lydia Moffat, the mellow husband and wife team behind Tinder Hearth Pizza in bucolic Brooksville, Maine. That's in two weeks on May 28th. Coincidentally, the same day we restart our weekly tours. Remember to subscribe to the show wherever you get your podcasts. Please tell a friend and rate us. We're at Pizza City USA on Instagram, and our website is pizzacityusa.com. Bureaucratic wrote and performed our theme song. And just a reminder, stay safe, everybody. Please, with the masks and the distancing until we all get herd immunity, if that's even going to happen. I'm not even sure if it's going to. But get vaccinated, will you? I did. 
Thanks for listening, everybody. And here's wishing you an optimal bite ratio, always.